We have a grandson, he's 10 years old, who is very much into the ninja warrior stuff. He loves loves that, and he's, he's actually been in uh, ninja warrior training for a couple of years now. He um, goes to uh, a gym where they do that and has a coach and a trainer, and that coach and trainer has been involved in that. In fact, I think he was at a pretty high level of it. So uh, Sam has gotten into that a lot, and his... Skills have risen each year, and so um, because he likes it, his parents have encouraged it, and uh, it's taught him a lot about overcoming obstacles. If you're into that at all, you've ever watched it, uh, it's just these huge obstacle things that they they go to try to get to the finish of the Ninja Warrior uh, uh, course. So his parents have bought him some stuff for the backyard that he can practice on, because what his coach has emphasized is hey, look, uh, you come once a week to training here at the gym, but uh, that's not going to be enough for you to gain the skills. You have to put into practice every day really what what you are learning and so that you can uh, repeat and repeat and repeat on your own what you gain here at the gym so that you can be fit for for that uh, exercise. So uh, from that, I'm going to talk this morning about what, what it takes to stay fit. Um, not, we're going we're to kind of compare being fit physically with being spiritually fit, um, but some of the same principles apply. How we stay fit as God's people, how we stay fit for his work and for his kingdom. I had an office at home for, for 10 years while I was working with the state work of the ministry of the church in the state. And uh, when that ended, um, the, that, that office area, we, we changed uh, from uh, that, that office for the work to kind of a study prayer room kind of thing. And uh, then I, I moved my stuff to, to another room in the house. And, and we did that deliberately because we wanted to designate a space in our house for the, the putting into practice our own personal worship so that day by day we could reinforce what it meant, what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and our own lives would keep growing spiritually. Now, we've done that um, for, for all of our adult life, all of our married life, all of our family life. We, we have had time with God, but this was the first time I think we've actually dedicated a space for that, and it's worked out pretty good. So I say all that this morning because being fit as a Christian involves really kind of two two levels. One is the, the corporate life of being a Christian, and that's what the church is all about. The church is the body of Christ. Last week talked about the three terms that the church is called in, the, in Scripture. It's the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. And, uh, and it's, uh, the third one is escaping me. But anyway, if somebody catch it, catches it, uh, shout it out to me. It's the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. We're talking about the body of Christ. And, and all of these are, are relational pictures of what it means to be a believer, and a part of God's body, and then personally how we keep growing. So uh, as we look at that, when, when you're 
training physically for a, a level of fitness that you want to get to, and I know Sarah knows all this, so I'm going to try to be as correct as I can on, on what it means to stay fit physically. But uh, I, I went to uh, a trainer once about 10 years ago at the Y when I was a member of the Y and, and uh, asked to be set up for a baseline fitness uh, exercise program uh, for, for my age and health and all of that. And so they do that. So she said, well, there's kind of three areas we're going to work on. Uh, first is, is cardio, your heart. And uh, we, we know that word. And so there was, of course, the uh, treadmill to work on and, and all of the things that are involved with, with your heart, keeping your heart healthy. And then the other part of that was strength, to do strength exercises so that your muscles uh, stay both uh, supple and, and, uh, and in use because your muscles need to be used or they get dormant and they atrophy. So there is the heart, the heart, the strength. And then the third category was kind of flexibility balance, and that's the, the movement kind of things, that you have to keep moving your joints and all of the parts of your body uh, get moving is kind of the, the mantra of what it means to be physically fit. Stay moving. Do something to keep moving so that your joints stay healthy. So that, that kind of three-pronged approach to physical fitness is what, what she emphasized. So cardio exercises, strength exercises, and flexibility exercises. Now, uh, whenever you talk about fitness, we all know about things that we should do better if we want to be more fit, uh, whether it's diet or exercise, all these things. We know these things. We know them in our head, but often putting them into practice and staying with them is the challenge. And the same is true uh, of, our, of our spiritual life. We, we know what it means and what it takes to stay healthy. Part of it is obviously our, our corporate worship on a regular basis. That what's, that's what the church is all about. The church is kind of our spiritual gym. It's the place where training occurs, where teaching occurs, where, where life together occurs, where iron sharpens iron, where we support each other and strengthen each other. That's the purpose of the church. Christianity was never meant to be lived in isolation from one another. That's what the body is all about. That's why I never give up on, on the church as a whole, the big C. It's still God's church. It's God's body. It's God's bride. And, and he constantly tells us that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So his church is the place where this happens. While we're here in this life and on this earth, being a part of the body of Christ is what keeps us physically, excuse me, spiritually fit, staying fit for Christ. So if we want to use that analogy of the, the ways we stay fit, Paul has written the book of Ephesians in the New Testament to talk about spiritual fitness and how we stay that way. And we're going to look at some verses in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now, I don't do this uh, often, but... Uh, the Word of God is the Word of God, and it is to be honored, and it is to be lifted up. And so in, in honor of the Word of God this morning, while 
we read, or while I read, Matthew, excuse me, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and the words will be on the screen. Let's stand and just honor God's word as we read it. So I will read it out loud. Once you were dead because you are of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the church of those who refuse, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Lord, this is your word. Your word is always what pierces us and strengthens us and guides us. And may it lodge in our hearts this morning, we pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So, staying fit. Paul gives us kind of a theological blueprint for this, and I'm going to try to kind of make it uh, understandable by using the same analogies that I used about fit, being physically fit. That our, our spiritual fitness is kind of a, a three-pronged thing. It has to do with our heart first. And these first few verses are going to look at that. And it need, has to do with our strength, staying strong spiritually. And then it has to do with our, our flexibility, our, abil- our ability to be resilient and to keep moving so that we honor God with, with all we do. So Paul starts, first of all, with an inward look, to look inward at his life, at his heart, to do the cardio, so to speak, for his inner life. And so Paul looks back at, at uh, his own life. And in verse 2, he says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. In other words, he looks, first of all, at how his life used to be uh, before he knew Christ. Now, Paul was not a, a, a pagan in the sense of a, a, he was not a, an irreligious person. He was not just a, a person who disregarded God or disregarded Faith. He was indeed a, a, a pedigree of what it meant to be religious. Uh, Paul was a, called a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a, a, a full-blooded Jew. And, and as that, he was also a, a, a Pharisee. And as a Pharisee, he was a teacher of the Word of God. He knew all the Old Testament rules and regulations, that old covenant that, uh, as he understood it, had to be obeyed to a T. And so his, his life before he met Christ was one of rules and regulations 
and living that out to a T, and, and that's how he thought he was to live. But indeed, Paul had an encounter with Christ, a, a, a physical encounter where the light shined upon him, and without having ever experienced Jesus before, the question out of his mouth was, Who are you, Lord? In other words, Paul knew it was the Lord who was speaking to him even before he knew the Lord. And in that moment, that encounter, his life was dramatically changed from from being a religious person to one who had a relationship with Christ. So he looks back on who he was, and we all look back on who we were. If we're going to be fit as a Christian, we have to start with where we started from, where we were beforehand, not to dwell on it, but to know what we have been saved from and and what we have been taken out of and where we now stand. That's important as we look back. And then where we are. He said, you used to live in this way, but then in verse 3, he says, he is, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse, refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way by following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And then he changes course in verse 4 to but God, when God got a hold of his life. So where we were before Christ and where we are in Christ is what Paul looked at first. So that he had a baseline from which to build his Christian life. And we all need that. The the trainer gave me a baseline of exercises based on my condition and what would help me stay fit. Now, We all have a before and after. Some are more dramatic than others. We all see the weight loss pictures on on the television. The before and the after. And it's usually somebody who's lost at least 70 or 80 pounds. You know, it's never a 10-pound weight loss. It's it's this big dramatic thing. And, uh, you know, the the waistline is out here. they got the pants that they used to wear, and now they're, you know, they're perfectly fit. And it's easy to do. You just got to follow this weight loss program. Very easy. Well, physical fitness isn't that way, nor is spiritual fitness. We need to know where we were before. But we also need to know that God works by his spirit in our hearts to change us. And any physical fitness program requires a lot of steps over a long period of time, if it's going to be effective. So first, we, we have to look inward at ourselves. What are we all about? Where are we? That's the heart work. Now, we can't see our physical heart. We can't see the condition it is in. We don't, we don't have an, an eye for it. We can get the the cardiogram things and all of that, and and see the beat. But we don't really know the condition of our heart by what we can see. And the same is true spiritually. We can't judge our own hearts. We have to make sure our eyes are on what Jesus is saying about our lives so that we know our heart is right. 
That's the first and most important principle of being spiritually fit. Where we were and where we are. And the second thing Paul says in the next set of verses is to look upward. First we look inward. Next we look upward for our strength. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. One of the most important phrases in Scripture is that those two little words in verse 4, but God. You see, we aren't left in our, in our old condition. But God who is rich in mercy looked down upon us, loved us, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When we look upward is where we gain strength. Sarah gave us some songs this morning that talked about the the strength that we receive from the hand of God by his grace. Not by our own efforts to, to earn it, but because he loved us so much and loves us so much that he continually extends grace to us. But God, I don't know about your life, but think about where your life would be. You see, when you look up and and see what God has done in your life, but then you realize, where would I be without his grace? I think there's an old hymn to that effect. Where would I be but for the Lord? Where would I be but for his grace? You see, if, if we allow God to do his work to make us stronger, then then those are the kinds of things that we realize that our life needs the strength of the body of Christ and the, the, the daily exercise of faith and prayer and trust so that as we do those things continually, we grow stronger. A couple of months ago, asked to take a card like this January 5th, because that was 1-5. And John 15, verse 5. These cards are still back there. I hope all of you have them. But I hope you haven't forgotten to keep, keep this before you. Praying for the church. Because it's that accumulation of continual prayer that allows God to work in our life and allow us to keep moving forward in him. One of the greatest assurances any of us have as Christians is that not only we intercede for one another, but Jesus intercedes for us continually. He is constantly praying, constantly interceding on our behalf. He moves us past where we would be. And then we have to think where we could be, where we could be if we allowed God's grace to continue to work in our life. Verses 5 through 7 says, We're saved by grace and raised up by grace to show the immeasurable riches of his grace. To me, that, that continually elevates where our life could be. Are we living according to the immeasurable riches of what God says about our life? To see our life 
in the present with the eyes of faith. There's a phrase that we've received, grace upon grace upon grace, and continue to receive it in our lives. I, I know that. I believe that. I think of the many times where if it wasn't for that grace continually given, where would I be? So we need to grow stronger in his grace. Practice what we learn to grow in. That's why we need a, a, a time other than Sunday morning for a, a worship experience to keep growing strong. That, that daily practice, putting into practice the teaching, the strength that we receive from one another, the kind of, of, of strength that only comes from the body of Christ. Remember the Sabbath was not a suggestion. It is indeed the way we stay strong. And the third part of this passage talks about looking outward. The the flexibility and the resilience that comes so that we can live a life that That isn't about us, but it's about Christ and his work. It's about touching lives outside of our circle of life. It's not about us, what we like, what we don't like, what we need, what we have to have. It's about that kind of focus. That when our heart is right, and when Christ is strengthening us day by day as we live for him, there's going to be a natural outflow to others. It's a story in the Old Testament that as the uh, children of Israel were about to enter the promised land, uh, the Israelites sent out 12 spies to look over the land to see how they could get into the land that they were to possess. So these 12 were sent out, and out of the 12, Caleb was the oldest. He was 85 years old. And then Joshua, who would be the one to lead them. But as those 12 looked out at the land, 10 said, there's vast armies here. They are giants and we are like grasshoppers. We can't enter the land. Only Caleb said, we can surely do it. Caleb, you see, had that strength spirit and heart and mind, that even though when he looked out over that vast promised land, it didn't look possible to do, he knew that God is able. That it's not just looking at the way things are, but what God is able to do beyond us. He had that outlook. And he said, we can surely do it. You ever notice that it's, it's very hard to stay positive in both our faith and as we look around at the world around us? Look at the news this last week. I had the news on just briefly this morning. And one story was about a kidnapping and one story was about abuse of power and, and the local government. Anyway, about four or five stories and I thought, negative, negative, negative. Look at this world. Look at the chaos it's in. Look at the mess it's in. It's always been that way. 
Faith looks at the world around us, our faith, realizing that we're called to impact that world. We're called to have the power of Christ within us working so that no matter what the conditions are around us or even in our own lives, we are of that spirit that says, God is able to do beyond what I see. That's how we stay fit. A verse that's often quoted, and I think it's a good one, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Masterpiece. You and I are his masterpiece. How many of you have ever seen a masterpiece work of art somewhere? Now, the ones particularly in Europe, the middle, uh, middle part of Europe, the cathedrals with the beautiful masterpieces on the wall, Michelangelo stuff. Was that done by a paint-by-number overnight? Oh, a long time. Putting together all of the tools and resources and and blood and sweat and tears to do it well and do it right. (coughs) We're God's masterpiece. He keeps working on us. Now we have to do the working out of what he's working in us so that we become his his masterpiece. It's going to mean different things for each of us. We're not all cut out to be uh, high-profile, big-impact people, but all of us have a role to play in God's story. And that role is vital. It's important. So it's when you and I are a part of the body of Christ and we worship together, and then we have those times where we grow stronger in our daily experience of working out what God is working in us, and then that that flexibility that comes from, from looking outward beyond ourselves so that we stay not only strong in our, our spirit, but resilient in serving the world around us, realizing that's our, our place, that's our story, that's how God works in the world. You and I, as his masterpieces, impacting the world around us. Now, you stay flexible physically by keep moving. Sergio, I imagine right after your heart surgery, they said, get up, get moving. No? Oh, sorry, I blew that one. <laughs> uh, well, they want you to move as soon as you can <laughs> so that your heart and your body doesn't just stagnate. You've got to keep moving. It's, it's part of the Christian life. Just keep moving. When you don't know a way forward, you keep moving forward. You keep trusting. When the outward signs aren't what we, we see, we, we keep that resilience, knowing that God is at work beyond our efforts.
when, when we put these three together, these three spiritual parts of life, our heart, our strength, our, our flexibility, the inward look, the upward look, the outward look, that combination is what makes us fit and keeps us fit. And, and when we allow God to do the kinds of things in our life that keep us in those postures, then we have an impact as his, his masterpiece. There was a man in, in uh, Spokane. His name was John Blount. When we served there and, and, and when we went there, he was in the last stages of, of cancer in his life. And uh, he was an elderly man, and I didn't know him, but I started to hear about his story. And John was in that church for, for many, many years. And he was what I would call a champion of the church. And, and he had a deep concern for the church. But John's ministry... He was very much a behind-the-scenes guy. And probably for 30 years, he and his wife had made it their ministry to call everyone in the church on their birthday and every couple in the church that was having a wedding anniversary. And they, they meticulously kept track of that. And this was a fairly large congregation. And, and you could know on your birthday, John and Neva, we're going to call you and wish you a happy birthday. Now, we would say, well, that's just a little thing. But it reflected what John believed was, was his, his ministry, to be an encourager, to be someone who lifted the body. And uh, on Easter weekend... Uh, we had a Good Friday service, and that Good Friday service included a, um, uh, from 12 to 3, we had a time where there was a short devotional, and then people could have a prayer guide, and, and, and they could use it either personally or, or uh, take it with them or take it with them to the altar. The church had an altar in the front of the church to pray that day. So between 12 and 3, there were people that had come and gone through the, through the afternoon, and, and John came in at about five to three. And uh, I think he was the last person there. And uh, John took the, the prayer guide, and, and by that time he was, he was pretty weak. But he made his way to the altar, and he, he knelt at the altar. And for 10 or 15 minutes, he just was there praying, pouring out his heart, because... As a champion of the church, he, he just was praying. And uh, I looked at, at John, and I, I knew what physical condition he was in. And when he finished, he was, he was trying to get up. He couldn't, couldn't make it. I went and lifted him up. Everybody else was gone. John didn't come to pray to show off. He came to pray because he just had that heart. And he left, and, and John died a month later, did his funeral. But that was the legacy he left. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew about it until I mentioned it in the sermon up there (laughs) because I thought it was important for people to hear. 
But I, I see that as, as how God works out our fitness. By finding a place where, where we can make that positive impact and, and remaining spiritually fit ourselves so that we can live out whatever that is that God's instructing us to do. That's what I think it means to be his masterpiece. Staying fit is an ongoing walk of faith. Um, It's not today and tomorrow. It's an ongoing thing. We know the exercises. The three words that are important to remember for me is Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. To stay sharp, we have to be a part of God's body. That's our corporate worship. Find that strength and support in the body. And then it's our our personal walk with God. In, In Jesus' ministry, we see he was ministering to crowds, and then all of a sudden it would say, Jesus went out to a solitary place to pray. There in his prayer room, he refortified himself for his ministry. And finally, Jesus went all the way to the cross. He kept moving on our behalf until his sacrifice was complete. There's going to come a day for all of us when, when we reach John Blount's stage where our, our, our life, our ministry will be complete. But to the end, when he wasn't flexible in body, John remained flexible in spirit. I'll have that memory always of John and his, his heart. So as you think this morning about staying fit, staying fit for the work of the Lord and staying fit for your own life. These words from Paul remind us what it, what it takes, both today and tomorrow. It's a great life of faith. It's not, uh, it, it takes effort, but the effort is toward that adventure of faith that is what makes life what life really is all about. Staying on adventure for Jesus and staying on adventure for for what he wants to do in our lives and through the body, that's the focus that keeps us on the right track. I pray that we can, in our own hearts and lives, say, let that be me.